Don't ask me to talk. From the sublime to the ridiculous. Join me, Stacey Heller. And me, Eric Ryder. As we talk about what's good to watch, read, see, listen to, and more. An edutaining one-hour break in your day that includes the segment, What Are We Eating? Sponsored by Dingfelder's Delicatessen. Stick with us for something good. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk here on Kixie. I am Stacy Heller, joined by my co-host. Hey, it's me, Eric Ryder. There he is, the man of the hour. Um, I guess that makes me the woman of the hour. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Let's go with that. Uh, we love talking about the sublime to the ridiculous, right? That's right. We talk all the time about how this show is- You're the sublime, I'm the ridiculous. I don't know. That's very sweet of you, but I I feel like I'm definitely the ridiculous. Um, anyway, I I just love the fact that when people have so many things to consume during the week, uh, some of it's serious, some of it obviously important, uh, whatever it is, we get to talk about fun things and good things because good stuff should be shared. So that's right. You know, I appreciate everybody that listens to the show and enjoys it. It would be nice to hear from you. I I do feel a little bit like we're in an echo chamber. We would love to know what are some topics that you would like to see added to the Wheel O Topics. Uh, you know, maybe you have some ideas, even if they have been done in an episode prior, maybe you missed it. So a great way to communicate with us would be to text or leave a voicemail our number is 475 that's right 475 not 425 475-999-2726 or as eric likes to say that's 475-99-YORAN there you go like you ran to your phone to text us exactly because you have some ideas that you want to share with us uh remember that you can follow our playlist on Spotify. It is under the acronym D-A-M-T-T, otherwise known as DAMT. And uh, you also posted on YouTube a trailer reel, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. We recently did a episode about our movies that we can watch over and over. And so we put together a playlist of trailers for those movies. And it was interesting watching those because Sometimes a trailer gives you, I think, a good idea of what a movie is about or uh, whether you want to watch it or not. And sometimes it's kind of a trailer fail, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> and and you just go, I have no clue whether I want to watch this based on the trailer. But nevertheless, that's the tool that we have in the world for, you know, g- getting some kind of synopsis of a movie. Totally. Or yeah. you listen to the episode that we did a couple weeks ago. Of course, yeah. And then... You can decide, uh, based on our opinions, what we thought of it and why we cannot resist watching the movie when we see it on whatever the platform is. That's right. Um, okay. So it is. And and speaking of that, yeah. uh, before we move on, and I, I know this is coming up later, but can we shoehorn regrets? I've had a few up just a little bit further yes. in the episode today. Yes. Because I was just on vacation and uh, in the hotel. Uh, I didn't have my streaming option, so I was kind of forced to go with what was being played on okay. the uh, the different channels that they had 
in the hotel uh, that I stayed at. And one of the movies that I love watching over and over, but I neglected to mention on that particular episode, was on Office Space. What a great, fun movie that is. That that it doesn't matter where in the movie it is. If you turn it on, you're going to get stuck watching that. Uh, at least in the background for that you know, until it ends. Very good movie. Did yes. you add that to the playlist reel? I I really should. You really yeah. should. <laughs> we have to keep adding to our Spotify playlist for our music and our movie because I uh, you especially are a huge fan of music. Well, actually, I'm also a huge fan of music. I just tend to be more mainstream than you. Uh, and movies and it's great to have a resource for uh, ideas for people. I'm always looking for suggestions. And, and so that's a great reference for people that listen to the show. What is the YouTube channel or what is it called? Uh, it's called Damped Trailers, I think. There you go. <laughs> but if you go to that particular episode of the podcast, it's also in the description of the there podcast. You leaving you right to it. So that's probably the fastest, quickest, easiest way to find it. There you go. Look at that. Yeah. So efficient. You know what I else uh, what else I ended up watching was like three episodes of the food that built America that I hadn't seen before. That's such a good show. You got me on that. <laughs> That's right. But the reason why it made me think of you, aside from the fact that we've talked about it on one of the shows before, was that they did the Dave Thomas story, the founder oh, Wendy's. of Wendy's. Yeah. It did you know that he started at Kentucky Fried Chicken? I did not know that. And the bucket was his idea? <gasps> so, I Because gonna... your mom is such a huge Wendy's fan, huge. that made me think of you. And so I said, oh, I got I to gotta find out how this turns out I'm... so I can talk to Stacy about it. I'm going to send my mom the episode. My mom, for uh, people that don't know this, Eric knows this, uh, my mom is a huge fan of Wendy's to the point where, you know, whatever the holiday is, we all get our gift cards to Wendy's and the manager knows her so well that she can go in and chat with him. He hooked her up with the uh, the app on her phone so that she can get more free food. Apparently, this is such a well-known fact among her circle that when she went to the dentist the other day to have a tooth fixed, uh, the the office person said, by the way, I have a gift for you, and gave her like the golden ticket that is equal to a year's worth of free Frosties. Wow. Right? And I was like, you know, for the dental work that you're having done, you could probably like sell 365 days of Frosties to people because she's not a huge Frosty consumer. Right. And I'm like, and that would pay for some of the dental work you need to have done. (laughs) There you go. She was like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Anyway. I don't blame her. uh, Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's kind of a cool gift. Like For sure. So I'm going to have to share that episode with her. Thanks. That'll keep her busy for a whole hour and Fun out of watch. trouble. Um, all right. So I love how off topic we get. It's uh, exactly how I like this show to go because it's how my brain goes. So uh, speaking of holidays, a uh, very loose connection there and, you know, giving gifts and whatnot. Um, today, there is an international day. Ooh, it's our ridiculous high holidays. It's Yes. Happy holidays. Exactly. Uh, I can't, th- something about the merry bells are ringing. I think that's what it is. That's right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so today the international uh, ridiculous holiday is Confucius Day. 
Oh, okay. Uh, apparently, on this day, back in like I don't know, thirteen, uh, like BC. No, it, that can't be it. Um, uh, I'm trying to look up. I'm trying to see where it is. Okay. Uh, on this day in 551 BC, in the 22nd year of the reign of Emperor Zhang, mm-hmm. uh, Confucius was born, or as they say, a sage was born. That's right. Uh, uh, for those that don't know, he's a, a, a famous Chinese philosopher and politician of the spring and autumn period, who's traditionally considered the paragon of Chinese sages. Confucius's teachings and philosophy underpin East Asian culture and society remaining influential across China and East Asia to this day. This is true. And because in America we make everything ridiculous, he is also oft quoted on fortune cookies. Yes, and often quoted incorrectly. (laughs) Yes, which the reason that I picked this, because, again, sublime and ridiculous, keep that in mind, listeners and Eric, uh, is because I'm curious, when you read a fortune cookie, do you add anything to the end of it? I don't, but I know that there's a running <laughs> gag with a lot of people that they just add in bed <laughs> to right. whatever their fortune is. And I've had a bone to pick with fortune cookies for a long time. Okay. I mean, first of all, they're American, not Chinese. Uh, but, True. But they're, you know, they're given out almost exclusively at Chinese American restaurants, uh, which which is totally fine. But I don't think that they're that great of a cookie. Uh, you know, it could be a little better. Um, yeah, but 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 the fortunes themselves, they just often seem to be. Uh, just like vague descriptions of of you as a person, you know, rather than some kind of fortune about what could happen. I'm trying to get some insight on the future here, and instead I'm getting, ah, you're a real good, uh, you know, <laughs> good right. dresser or whatever. It's like, <laughs> I appreciate the compliment fortune cookie, but, I, you know, I'll you're go to my friends and family fortune. for that rather than, yeah, my fortune. Okay, Thank you. okay. So... Like you're thinking fortune, like horoscope type stuff. I mean, any kind of insight into the future or tell me what I should uh, invest in, something like that, that might pay off rather than just a vague compliment. <laughs> Buy stocks. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Tell me which stocks. Cookie. Confucius say. <laughs> yes. Uh, Buy low, sell high. There you go. <laughs> um. Interesting. Okay, that's fair. So, yeah, I was curious. You knew what I was referencing because uh, whenever we have Chinese food and, you know, our family, we all pick a random fortune cookie and then we read out the fortune and we do add in bed to the end of the fortune cookie. Because, again, if you haven't met me, I'm ridiculous. Um, (laughs) Now, speaking of cookies, today it is a national holiday and it is a trifecta. Three separate holidays that, are they separate? This does not feel like a coincidence to me. It is National Coffee Day. Mm -hmm. It is National Starbucks Day. Okay. And it is National Biscotti Day. It's almost as if (laughs) some marketer said, hey, it's National Coffee Day. You know what goes great with National Coffee Day? Biscotti. Right. And then Starbucks said, hey, 
you know, we sell coffee, we sell biscotti. <laughs> Let's make it our holiday. Right? Bam. I, I mean, it's almost like anyone Trifecta. has X access to these calendars of ridiculous high holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Now, uh, I think we've talked about this before. You are not a coffee drinker. No. Nor am I. I not We're a fan. totally in the wrong place. We are t- this is coffee central. It is totally coffee central. And uh, what about a biscotti eater? I don't mind a uh, biscotti, but it's it's you know one of those things that's made to be had with like a hot beverage. If you have it by yourself, it's severely disappointing. Uh, but if you've got a nice hot cup of tea or a, a cup of cocoa, or if you're a coffee drinker, uh, you know, cup a uh, cup of coffee, then yeah, I'll take it. But it's never one of those things that I go and buy. You know, it's just like oh, if someone's like here, have a biscotti. I'm like okay, thank you. Yeah, I am not a big biscotti fan. And uh, my husband, being half Italian, uh, he grew up with his sister makes amazing biscotti, or so I've heard. Uh, His family, they all love biscotti and they love having their espresso or coffee at the end of a meal or just, you know, a brunch or whatever it is. And they're all dipping away. And I'm like, thank you for that brick that you're calling a cookie and like it's like the the fruitcake i guess you know well, some least, people love it some people don't at least fruitcake is kind of softish but this feels yeah, like it's fresh for sure when i'm chewing a biscotti because biscotti means twice baked that's essentially what mm-hmm. biscotti means twice baked and so you bake it uh you know as in a log and then you cut it and you bake it again and so um I'm like, when I'm chewing it and there's the hard crumbles, I'm always like, did I lose a tooth? Is there a tooth in there? But do you have it with a nice hot beverage? No, I don't well, like nice hot beverages. You don't like tea? Nope. Okay. You don't like cocoa? Nope. You don't like tang? <laughs> I don't know what else, what other <laughs> exactly. option there is. But... I don't like a hot toddy. I do not like it, Sam. I okay, am. Okay, <laughs> then biscotti is just not for you because it it's it's made to enjoy with a hot beverage. Yeah, I, I get it. And it's just, it's not my, it's not my jam. All right. Maybe I'd like a biscotti with jam. Yeah. That might I, soften you, it. I think you're into scone territory now, I, which is probably next week's holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll find out at the end of the yes. show. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that, uh, well, you don't get it because you like biscotti. And I'm sure that there are people out there, you know, if you're listening and you have some biscotti recipe that you just think is phenomenal or uh, you think I'm crazy, I'd love to hear from you. But Remember, so you don't like you don't like herbal tea either. Nope. So no hot beverages. I no. I am a very. <laughs> uh, here's the deal. All I right. am. You are the ridiculous. I and am. I am rid- the sublime. <laughs> <laughs> I. I as a kid, I liked hot chocolate, but I liked hot chocolate merely as a vessel to get whipped cream. And okay. then by the time I like got the whipped cream, I was like, yeah, I don't want the hot cocoa now. Wow. Yep. All right. No, I- but I mean, uh, there's so many things that I don't like that other people just swear by that there is no way I could possibly judge you. But it's still a little bit surprising <laughs> to me that you don't like any hot beverage. It's a little mm. inconvenient, I will tell you. Yeah. When it's cold outside and everybody else is like, you know, oh, we're ice skating and they're all like holding the cup and it feels very festive. I'm like, uh, can I just get some hot water and I'll hold it? Right. So that I can like <laughs> look like everybody else. Microwave my Diet Coke, please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's a real conundrum, I will tell you. Uh, mm. It's hard not liking a lot of liquids. This is why I struggle with getting my water in. Got to hydrate. Got to hydrate. Well, um, we kind of zipped past Confucius uh, fairly quickly, so I, I thought maybe it'd be fun to mention just a, a couple of his quotes here. because. Yeah. You know, I'm not as familiar with Confucius as I, for somebody that's such a cultural and um, historic uh, figure uh, and, you know, a huge uh, bedrock, if you will, for Asian culture, it seems insane that we don't know more of his stuff, but some of his quotes are really beautiful. Everything has beauty, but not everyone sees it. Right. Like, like those hot beverages, for instance. Those are beautiful and you just don't see it. I do not. <laughs> Silence is a true friend who never betrays. And I think Simon and Garfunkel learned that one. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Wheresoever you go, go with all your heart. Oh, I yeah, like these that. kind of nice. I mean. This guy could have wrote for Hallmark. I mean, him and Ben Franklin. Yes, Right? I mean, <laughs> Benjamin Franklin and his, like, fish and guests stink after three days. And oh. two can keep a secret if, uh, no, three can keep a secret if one of them is dead. He was a little more pithy than <laughs> Confucius, but he was smart. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so hey, happy birthday, Confucius. Yes. Thank you if for your If it is wisdom. his birthday. Was that why it was Confucius Day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he was born on, isn't today the 28th? Uh, today is the 29th. I wonder so why yesterday Confucius was Day, his birthday. I, yeah, I wonder why it wouldn't be on the actual day. That's kind of bizarre. Right? Because today <laughs> is Confucius Day, but they're saying, um, that he was born on, I'm thinking it's a typo. Why would you have Confucius Day on the day after his birthday? I have no idea. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> But going obviously with- we don't come up. <laughs> With the the high holidays. No, this is why it's spelled with a Z and not with a Y S. So, um, but now I'm going to have to look that up, and we're going to have to address it next week. Oh, it is a very hard job that we have. Okay, uh, anything else you want to add before we take a break and come back to talk about our actual topic? Uh, what was our actual topic again? <laughs> um, our favorite children's book. Ooh, I better think of some over the break. Oh my gosh, you better get thinking. All right. Well, this may, this may have to be a longer break than usual, folks. Uh, keep listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk. We will be right back after this quick message. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Interested in learning something new? Meeting someone new? Find out things that we have in common? Well, of course you are. 
you're a human being. So let's get intentional about it. Join me, JDK Winnikin, every week and get all of that in less than an hour. I'm a writer, a historian, a social commentator, and my show is all about you. Really, that's what it's called. This show is all about you. Get my perspectives on the week's news and hear fascinating guests whose stories will inspire and move you. My show is all about giving you something that connects us. Join me Mondays on Kixie 880 at 3 p.m. or download it as a podcast. Can't get enough of Stacy and Eric? Then be sure and check out Stacy Connects with Stacy Heller wherever you find podcasts. Stacy chats with guests about a variety of topics, hoping to make a connection through conversation. Don't ask me to talk. Welcome back to the show. This is Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacey Heller and my co-host. That's me, Eric Ryder. So, uh, I'm not going to lie, on the damped wheel-o-topics, this is one of those like that I put in and I was like, <laughs> this is a favorite for me. Looking at your list here, you've got a lot of them too. So. Well, I have so many that I actually had to divide them into books from my childhood versus books that I was introduced to via my children's childhood. Mm. Yeah, you've got an advantage here that you've got several children and I have no children. So, you know, I I was not introduced to many <laughs> kids' books once I passed the age of 18. Yes, this is fair. This is fair. Uh, so how do you want to do this one? Well, why don't you uh, go ahead and just tell us a few of your favorites, and then I'll okay. mention a couple. All right. So, uh, let's see. There is a series of books that I was introduced to when I was little. Uh, it was done by the photographer Jill Cremens, and the series was called A Very Young Series. So there was a very young dancer, a very young horse rider, a very young gymnast, and Jill Cremens uh, would follow these young people that were typically somewhere in the age of like nine to 12 and follow them in their kind of everyday life. And these weren't like the typical gymnast. It was like, you know, the ones that are like hoping to gear up for the Olympics or, you know, the um, the ice skater that, you know, is competing, um, you know, not your average kids. Um, and so they were so interesting to look at the lives of these kids. And I was like, I have no interest in doing that. Now, what was very cool is she did one with, uh, I was called a very young circus flyer. And it was the one that she did with a male. All the rest had been with, uh, women or young women. Um, at least for the ones that I know, I think she later expanded and did more anyway. Um, he was part of what I affectionately refer to as the Flying Farfignugans. That is 100% not what they were called. His family was part of the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Circus. And so he was part of that group. And it was such an interesting thing to get in a different insight into circus life, uh, especially with uh, Ringling Brothers. And... Uh, and when I saw the circus, and I still have the program from when I saw it, because I was like, oh, there he is. It's the kid from the Flying Farf Nugans. And uh, again, that's not what his name is. But that was a really cool series. So, and it was a, um, basically a, almost, it would be like a book documentary. There was photographs and uh, words and stories and stuff. Um, okay. 
Then um, most of the books that I remember from my kid are not like picture books in anything or anything. I don't remember really those per se. So I remember things like from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil E. Frankweller. I loved the idea of hiding out in a museum. I grew up being dragged to museums. Of course, I would later learn to love it. But as a kid, it was like, ugh. So the idea of stealing the coins out of the fountain and then going and buying lunch and sleeping at night on a queen's bed and, um, you know, the adventure of that, I just thought that was really cool. Also, what kid doesn't have fantasies of running away? Um, and that just seemed like a really well-oiled plan. Um, then there was The House of 30 Cats. Uh, that book, I remember we had a something in school where you had to write to an author, and that is the author that I wrote to, and she wrote me back, Mary Calhoun. Uh, I don't have the letter anymore, and I probably asked some inane question. Uh, But, hey, it's still cool to hear back from an author of a book that you like. Um, Then I really loved The Cricket in Times Square, a classic, Um, and the Little House series. Uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder, that show was on when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. and I really loved The Little House in the Big Woods. Now, this makes me feel like I was like a child of the Depression or something because that particular book in the first like few chapters when they're gearing up for wintertime, I am like, it is such a comfort to like, they braided the garlic and they collected, you know, the pumpkins and they had the apples and they were canning and Pa was slaughtering the, you know, the pig and the girls would uh, like, you know, cook the tail and they would play with the bladder like it was a ball and they would smoke the meat and all these things. I, I clearly feel like I have some issue that I need the comfort of plentifulness because that book was like my comfort reading it's very bizarre um and then the other one that is something that i actually passed on is my mother would read to us every year letters uh from the book the father christmas letters which was written by tolkien uh yes that's right J.R. tolkien wrote these letters to his own children. Author of the Lord of the Rings series and The Hobbit. Exactly. Uh, And he wrote these letters. He had created sort of a story about Father Christmas and his sidekick, the North Polar Bear, and their adventures at the North Pole. And he even went so far as to create an alphabet, and he would write these letters every year telling the kids what's going on and you know some of this was during wartime or when there was not a lot to be had and so why presents were late or there were none that would be forthcoming and he would have these uh wild and fanciful stories that had you know the elves and um trolls and all of these things um and they were just awesome and mom read them to us every year and then of course I introduced my kids to them and they also love them so those are my my childhood books. Awesome. Well, you know, it, you just reminded me. I mean, I had totally forgot about the cricket in Times Square, but I'm pretty sure I read that as a kid and uh, enjoyed it. I either read it or I saw like a TV adaption of it. Maybe, um, but yeah, that that and that was a fun <laughs> kids book for sure yeah which is uh i i believe i bought a cricket that uh 
it, uh, the guy finds uh, in a, in the subway, <laughs> and he takes it home, and it becomes friends with a, a mouse and a cat. And yep, yeah, I, I don't remember all the details, but that's uh, pretty good though. You got a lot of it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember that being a good one. Um, well, some of the the ones that uh, I I thought about with this topic were. Uh, one of the most famous children's books, I think, but I definitely loved it as a kid, was Where the Wild Things Are mm. by Maury Sendak, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a beautiful book. And it, it's uh, the illustrations are as much uh, about what makes it fantastic as the, uh, the story itself. Um, so uh, that's one that I think uh, everybody should check out if they have a kid, uh, a kid, or they they just want to feel youthful again <laughs> because uh-huh. it's you know it's a classic for a reason. Um, one uh, that is not so famous, but I remember really enjoying it as a, as a kid was Mail Order Wings by Beatrice Gormley. Do you remember that, or did you ever read that one? I don't think so. This is a, this is a pretty fun book. It's about a teenage girl that um, finds an ad in the back of a magazine for uh, for wings <laughs> that you can grow yourself, and uh, you know, for she thinks this is crazy, but she decides to go ahead and order the wings, and um, so then she gets the the wings, and spoiler, they actually start growing on her. <laughs> And, and it's about her, like, dealing with having wings, you know, and and trying to hide them. And, uh, you know, she has to wear a tank top all the time. <laughs> and um, Are they big? Or are they little? Yeah, no, they're big wings. And she goes out, like, flying at night. Uh, and it's a really fun book. Um, when, and I haven't thought about that since I was since I read it, probably like as a nine year old. But it made uh, an impression. But yeah, it did because who doesn't want to be able to grow some wings and fly? Yeah, that's so interesting. <laughs> and it, it, you know, and it goes into like details about the professor that invented them and stuff. So um, that's that's a good one. Uh, I really like the uh, the Runaway Ralph series oh by gosh. Beverly Cleary. Uh, started off with the mouse and the motorcycle, mm-hmm. then Runaway Ralph and Ralph S. Mouse. Um, I thought that that was ju- just a lot of fun. And there was a great uh, uh, after-school special or Saturday, uh, I don't remember what the name of it was, where they, they took books and turned them into specials um, that I think had a young uh, Fred Savage from The Wonder Years starring oh, in that, along with, uh, you know, uh, animated uh Ralph S. Mouse. Wow. <laughs> Modelmation. <laughs> that's interesting. That's a real callback. Yeah, that's it's worth checking that out. Um, really like the Peter Rabbit story with Beatrix, you know, Beatrix, Beatrix Potter, Potter wrote that. Again, the illustrations were a huge part of a lot of these that made them, you know, real classics. Um, more on the rabbit tip. <laughs> the Velveteen Rabbit oh, yeah. is a classic. It's a downer, but it's a great book. Um, and, uh, the wind in the willows, another oh. one, basically any book where the animals I know, you're an animal are running things and like science kind of like <laughs> fantasy or science fiction type guy. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, the wind in the willows, I, I think is not just a really fun book, but there was a great series, uh, out of the UK 
um, that was uh, animated uh, based on The Wind in the Willows. They made a movie and then they created a series with new stories with those characters. And it's all stop motion animation. And it's one of the greatest things I found. um, I found the series on YouTube recently and I've been watching those as I, you know, try to doze off at night because it's really relaxing uh, watching them. And they, it, it stands up, even as a, a, an adult in your 40s, watching the show, it's really sharp writing um, and just beautifully animated. Uh, so if you like uh, any of the, you know, the um, like Wallace and Gromit yeah. stuff, yeah. and actually one of the characters, Rat, is played by the guy that played Wallace. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, that that animation, that stop motion animation, uh, along the lines of Wallace and Gromit, uh, is what they do. And it's just, it's um, incredible to me that they were able to do that on a budget that clearly wasn't billions of dollars, but it looks so good that I just, I have no idea how they managed to do it, but it, it it's a great series. Wow. Okay, that's really cool. Um, so that makes me think in terms of like the calming children's books. Mm-hmm. Um, Maurice Sendak also did the Little Bear series. Oh, yeah. And there was that cartoon as a kid. So when my kids were little, they would watch the Little Bear. And uh, I think her name was like Emily. And they had like Duck and Owl. And I was always like, hey, guys, don't you want to watch Little Bear? Because I could fall asleep watching it. And it was like, we could all take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> because it was so calming. So now uh, that's making me think I should watch past episodes of Little Bear to fall asleep at night. Nice. And I I, I highly recommend you check out the Wind of the Willows yeah. uh, stop motion animated series um, from, uh, I want to say the company is Cosgrove Hall. Okay. Uh, that's the name of the company that produced it. And it's just so good. I mean, and part of it is the fact that Toad, as in the book, is just a total pretentious jerk. Totally. <laughs> a rich, Toad Hall. In, entitled brat. Yep. <laughs> and his friend, his long-suffering friends, you know, help him get out of all of his scrapes. But it's just, it's really funny. So, yeah, I think the, that's like set the standard for many a sitcom to come. Uh, but it was all those years ago, Ken, Kenneth Graham in his uh, novel. Isn't uh, that funny? You're right. I'm like thinking like everything from like the odd couple to like, I don't just like anything. Um, oh, that's funny. Interesting. Interesting take. Um, love that. We'll it was have like the, to... the Seinfeld of the animal world. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, kind of. Cause it's, it's, I mean, there's, that's the thing about children's books uh, is that there's really like lessons there. I mean, some are, you know, it may seem ridiculous, but, you know, you think about hop on pop or you think about, you know, uh, you know, um, anything. It's it's to uh, encourage kids to learn about, you know, cadence, language, numbers, um, you know, rhyming. There's like there is a reason for all of it. And mm-hmm. there's also all of the lessons that can be learned. And so when authors paint a character like Toad as so pretentious, it's like you see that, right? And you then you're seeing without being overly told, you know, what it looks like to be a good friend and what it looks like to be kind of a jerk as a friend. Yep. So, interesting. Well, okay. So, let's switch gears, if you don't mind, to 
books that I got introduced to because of my four kids. For sure. I mean, D, I'm all mine are from like the 80s or before, so there's got to be some more modern ones that are becoming classics as we speak. So for this, I will say that I pretty much picked... Um, I picked mostly picture books, although there are a ton of great books out there that are series. Um, but for these purposes, I picked the picture books. So, um, and what I did is I picked books by authors that pretty much any book that you read, like there's the book Chrysan- uh, Chrysanthemum by Kevin Henkes, and he's done a whole bunch of books, um, Lily in the uh, Purple Plastic Purse, um, like Julius, Baby of the World. But this particular one I really love. It's a little girl who has a crazy name and um, and how just one person, her teacher, noticing how great it is, uh, it just changes like her whole perception. Um, I love uh, – there's a couple of books by Helen Lester that I loved – that I love. Uh, a Porcupine Named Fluffy or <laughs> Huey for Wadney Wet, uh, which is <laughs> – a really funny book about uh, a bully, um, uh, Camilla Capabera and Rodney Ratt, who couldn't say his R's. Um, let me just say the punchline is when Wadney said, go west. And uh, all of his schoolmates rested while Camilla Capabera went west, never to return. Uh, so it was a happy ending. Um, books by Jill Murphy. Uh, about the elephant family, my favorite being Five Minutes Peace. I read it to my kids all the time about a long-suffering mother just looking for five minutes peace, hoping that they would learn the importance of giving their mother five minutes peace. And that would be a big no. Uh, Falling for Rapunzel, which is a uh, a funny take on Rapunzel um, and the prince thinking that she needs to be saved when, in fact, she does not. Um I also, I've talked about the book um, Mrs. Rumpheus on the show before um, about a lesson that I think is amazing. I also like, I don't know how to say his last name. I think it's John Skiska, um, The True Story of the Three Little Pigs, which is told by a wolf and how he was framed. Um, books by him and Lane Smith are hysterical. Um, and then really kind of any book by Mo Willems, uh, he does a whole bunch of books and they're amazing. So check all of those authors out and those books out. You will not be disappointed. That wraps it up for today. Plenty of reading to do. It's plenty of reading to do. And uh, now there's uh, we need to talk about food and what we're going to eat. That's right. Right? Yeah. Have, like read a book. And- you know, I, I feel like a great children's book could be written about Vance Dinkfelder the owner and operator of Dingfelder's Deli and Nourish Catering. I mean, I feel like there's a, a great story there. He's such a character. The deli dude. Yeah, the deli dude. The Prince of Pastrami, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. I, I'm going to work I think on this. Let's, yeah, let's collab. Okay. <laughs> let's for sure do it. Keep listening. We will be joined by Vance when we come back from this message. Whether it's fly fishing or French pastry, we all have something that makes our tail wag. Involuntary and instinctive, it's sparked by excitement, inspired by purpose, and it speaks to who we are. I'm Stacy Heller of Stacy Connects. I lead clients to the place that makes their tail wag. As a creative director, I bring ideas to life. As a podcast producer, I give ideas a voice. Stacy Connects. 
It's my superpower. If you want to connect with me, Stacy Heller, go to stacyconnects.com. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. I, of course, am Stacey Heller, joined by Eric Ryder. That's right. And we're also joined by the Lord of the Sandwich, the King of the Kanish, the Prince of Pastrami, the Dude at the Deli. That's right. Mr. Vance Dingfelder from Dingfelder's Deli. I love Hello, it. Hello, Eric. Hi, Stacey. Hi. How are you? How are you guys this week? Uh, we're great. Every week, your moniker is getting longer and longer. And so <laughs> congratulations on that. So, Vance, what are we eating this week? What could it be? Could it be the pickled herring that we got? We are pickled herring is insane. We are going to have the pickled herring in the new case when we open up. You can order it by the filet, get onion sauce. I mean, onion sauce, cream sauce with onions. It's delicious. We finally got the recipe down. I know We're some Scandinavians that are going to be beaten down your door now. Oh, Ballard. You know, Ballard <laughs> yeah. has some of the best herring you can ever have. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I thought that um, I think this week is is National Coffee Week or something like that. Uh, we mentioned that at the top <laughs> of the show. Oh, uh, You know, you said something to me last week about it, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. All right. And what should we talk about? So coffee. We are going to have, we currently, for Nourish Catering, have always, and I've always been a fan of, Cafe Vida. Okay. We have, I mean, and a lot of people come up to the deli and ask if we have coffee. And currently we don't sell coffee. So, but we do for catering. And we are putting in an espresso bar because, you know, how could we not have an espresso bar? I mean, it's going to have Cafe Vita coffee and we'll have a full espresso bar when we reopen. And that's getting close. And also coffee made me think. Do you know our marble rye? Have you ever had it? Yeah. Oh, your marble rye is really good. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know if you know, I built a bakery. We, we have we now bake. We do all of our baking of our bread in-house. The challah, the rye. Challah for some challah. (laughs) The marble rye, however. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you before, but do you know how you get the pumpernickel dark? Uh, You mix in the pumper to the nickel? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you babe. pump her in. I don't know. <laughs> you, you pump her nickel. You know that's what you do. Right. I don't know. Um, so pump, pumping the nickel <laughs> is is usually the whole dark rye using the germ from the outside, but it still isn't dark. Okay. It doesn't get it really dark. And how you get it really dark? There's a couple of ways. One way is you use some coffee. And the other way is you use cocoa. Oh. How about that, right? Interesting. So that's so, what gives so it kind of the, the rich. Our, our pumpernickel rye is actually a mocha. <laughs> Interesting. Combo. And I, and I have to tell you, 
what's even more interesting is that is that prior to us making our own marble bread, a marble rye, seeded rye was the main mainstay. Now, our the, and Blazing Bagels was doing it for me, so I was doing uh, the seeded caraway rye. Yep, and also the marble rye, but it also both of them had seeds in it. And from the very beginning, there was a, you know people would come in and go, you know. Do you have anything without seeds? Because in New York, the rye, in a lot of places, does not have caraway seeds. Yeah, I don't. I like seedless rye. Yeah, well, until I used to like seedless rye, you know, growing up in my father's restaurant. But once I got a taste of that caraway, when you bite into it, I was like, wow, that's really cool. I like to put caraway in sauerkraut. I've so heard of that. that. I think uh, I've yeah. heard of it from you, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you um, you saute you saute the sauerkraut with some champagne vinegar, and you put caraway seeds in it, little onion. It's really good. And then you do it cold. You know, either way, cold or hot. It's like almost like you can use them in uh, in German potato salad. Yep, yep, yep. It's kind of cool. So um, our marble rye outpaces seeded rye right now and that's a big surprise because it was two to one the other way prior to us making our own and since we started making our own it's a little more than 55 percent marble 45 caraway rye interesting yeah 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 it's it's really cool and you know we're you know you know pumpernickel bagels but that's that's uh that's you know what I'm doing with coffee and I wanted to go try to go with what's going on in coffee. Well very um, good. It's not fun as to what we're you know. Yeah, but that's interesting though. Um it's interesting to know what goes into food sometimes. I mean, this is mm-hmm. like that Alton Brown show. Sometimes it's not about I having think, fun. I think, I think Alton has a little more followers than I do. Well, <laughs> a couple two tree, but don't worry about it. I'm coming, Alton. Watch out. (laughs) Now, next week is Yom Kippur, as I'm sure you're aware. Yes, we just got through Rosh Hashanah. Yeah, yeah. And broke all kinds of records. Are there special dishes associated with Yom Kippur? Because if anybody can put the yum in Yom Kippur, (laughs) it's you, Vance. (laughs) Okay, so Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement. Uh And we break the fast on Yom Kippur. Yep. And when typically you break the fast with a lighter meal, um, most people are wanting what we call kiddish. And since you know you break the fast late at night, they like um, kiddish. It's kind of like breakfast for dinner. Who doesn't like right. that? And it's bagels, lox, cream cheese, white fish, uh, smoked salmon, pickled herring. Uh, egg salad or tuna salad kind of thing, some fruit and some sweet. It's not, you know, it's not a a crazy, crazy kind of thing, but Mm -hmm. that's the majority of what we'll be selling. And I personally think that the whitefish, and I've always been a whitefish guy, the whitefish that that gets produced during this period is the best. It's always super oily and sweet. So fresh. I mean, 
uh, it doesn't compare, and it's got this flavor that's just amazing. So the whitefish salad that we make is extra special, and the the whole whitefish that we sell is really cool. You know, we do our smoked salmon. We have some. We, we got a bunch of new lox samples in because uh, I, I want to start making my own lox, but yep. I want to offer. A, we want to start slicing it by hand, and uh, you know that's kind of a big deal as far as I think in Seattle to be able to go to a place that cuts their locks by hand. Oh yeah. You know, and buy it by the pound in New York. It's not, you know, you should, they, yeah, sure. You know, you go anywhere, you go to Russian daughters, you go to Barney Greengrass, you go to any delicatessen, you know, they slice it. Um, now a lot of places have changed. Um, you go to Zabar's, right? Zabar's is slicing it by hand. They got, you know, Eli back there. Right. It. Right. <laughs> and, and, and that, I think, I, I, you know, I've always felt that that was something that Seattle can benefit from. I, I'm going to make my, my own locks. Um, so that's going to be fun. I did Copper River locks last, not this past, but the year before. And uh, it was it was the best locks I've ever tasted. And you know what goes really well with <laughs> salmon at a kiddish after you break fast for Yom Kippur? I love Stacy. Cream cheese. And coffee. And coffee. Coffee. <laughs> coffee. You got to have some coffee. But you know what? It, coffee. You know, what do you want? You want a regular? Exactly. Like sweet? You know? Exactly. Black, no sugar? Like two sugars? Well, that's what, what a regular... You got to know what a regular is. I love it. <laughs> um, okay. So, as, uh, as always, we get uh, a hankering for food and we get food flavor... Uh, from you. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Did I, did, I, did I talk to you last week about honey cake? Did we talk about honey cake? We did talk about honey cake. So our honey cake, man, so proud of it. You know, it's got orange zest and clove and cinnamon and coriander. It's good honey cake. It sounds just, delicious. I hey. want to make a cream cheese frosting for it. Oh. <laughs> I mean, okay, you've got to focus your energy on getting the space reopened for dine-in people can still take out but no more coming up with salmons and spreads and frostings like we got to get this place open so people can have the full dine-in experience they're crawling in they come in and just look on their faces because they know they're in the wrong place you know they they come in the back door by mistake ah and and they're like well i don't belong here (laughs) i mean you do just not through that entry point. Yes. Exactly. And just not yet. So not, um, just not yet. So I mean, hey honey. But of cake. course they do have the window and you can order to go. Uh and it's still fantastic food. You just don't have the dine in experience yet. Exactly. But that's well, we coming have, soon. We do have tables on the street. Right. Yep. But that's a you guys can sit on the sidewalk. And dining outside experience. <laughs> like little alfresco. That's right. Exactly. Let's like zhuzh it up and we'll call it alfresco. Um, and hey, you know, ask yeah. ask to say hi to Vance, a.k.a. Mr. Honeycake, and uh, tell him that. Honey, uh, honey cakes. That's what I want to start calling you. Oh, hey, honeycakes. Nice. Well, maybe we'll call Eric honeycakes. We'll maybe, we'll <laughs> maybe we'll make honeycakes for Eric. Hey, I'm I'm down for that. There you go. I love it. All right. Well, unfortunately, uh, time's up. Time is up, and now I have cake on the brain, and so 
and cake. yeah, cream I, cheese frosting. Yeah, thank you. So, mm-hmm. um, bacon. His bacon. Royal Highness honey cake. Um, <laughs> anyway, Royal Highness honey cakes. Right. So, well, you know, you're That's a prince. You're a you prince and a out. king and a this and a that. So, um, anyway, There's nobody better than you, Stace. Aww. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I could ask ten people. I'll get eight answers. Yes. Wow. That's pretty good. That's that, pretty good odds. I mean, right? <laughs> it's a decent percentage. That is a pretty decent. I mean, you know, an I'll 80%. Take that bet. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you, Vance. Thanks, as always, for always uh, sharing what we're eating. I appreciate you, what you bring to the community, and, uh, and you as a person is a blessing. Eric. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I want to wish you, I and I hope this is appropriate, but a, a happy Yom Kippur or a solemn uh-huh. Yom Kippur, whichever so, one is most appropriate. <laughs> you know what? Well, the month before is solemn, right? You're okay. supposed to look and repent. So you're repenting now during this period from Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur? Right. You got, you're supposed to go to some whoever you've wronged and ask for forgiveness. And it's oh, a great geez. practice, and you're supposed to do it to yourself. So it's not about if you sinned in the eyes of, of the Lord or if you sinned or wronged another. You have to do that and, and ask the person. They don't have to accept it. It's just the practice of going and asking. And that's what's really cool. Well, anyway, you know what? Uh, so gonna it's going to guarantee some forgiveness is bringing yeah. them a sandwich from Dingfelder's Deli. Or a honey cake. Ooh, or a honey well, cake, yeah. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. So what you say to somebody is, have a good yuntif. Okay. And that's Yiddish. That's right. <laughs> Have a go. good yacht, Tiff. All right, sir. You thank go. you. Take care, Mr. Engineer. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> bye Oh, my gosh. I feel like his intro is just going to, like, going to become longer than, than the, the show. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the whole show will be <laughs> listing his credits. Well, uh, of course, we're starving now, and we got to wrap things up so we can go get some of that honey cake. I know. But before we do that, we got to decide what we're talking about next week. All right. I don't know if we get to decide or if it's decided for us. What's in your fridge? Oh. <laughs> This should be good. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll have to get Vance on earlier next week. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, and I think the idea behind this is like, you know, the the weekly and then the staples, like, and the random things. Like my mother, for instance, has holy water in her fridge. I don't even know. (laughs) Just got to keep it standing by just in case vampires. I mean, you know what? Like, where else do you put it? In a case of emergency, break for scotch. (laughs) I mean, is it less holy if it's if it's not chilled? I don't yeah. know. I don't if know. If it's room temperature holy water, is that not chilled? Because I I remember at church it was just in big, uh, you know, little bowls or whatever. So I think she didn't know where to put it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so have a great week, everybody, and uh, thanks for listening to Don't Ask Me to Talk. And happy Yom Kippur to our Jewish friends. <laughs>